0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 247. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your every day. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Rent the Runway. For a flat monthly price, you can rent unlimited designer pieces on rotation. So what you do is you pick three pieces at a time and then keep them as long as you want, wear them as long as you want. And when you're bored with them and you're ready for something new, you can send them in and swap out for new fresh styles. If you love a piece though, I will say, let's say you fall in love with one and you really wanna keep it, you can get it at a huge discount as well. So this is a great way to try on pieces that are more investment-like and not have to stay stuck with it if it's something you decide that you don't wanna keep. I think this is an incredible service. I've used it myself while I was in the States and I highly recommend checking this out. It's kind of like Netflix for clothing. And what's even better is that Lively Show listeners get 25% off their first month. So if you wanna try this out and give this a shot, go over to renttherunway.com slash unlimited, and then enter the code lively to get that 25% off your first month. I hope you love it as much as I do. In addition, we have support for this podcast coming from ABC presenting Kevin Probably Saves the World, one of Entertainment Weekly's must-watch new shows. Kevin wasn't so great at life. He lost his job and his girlfriend and he moved in with his sister. But things took a turn when Kevin learned his true calling. He's been chosen to save the world. Now his destiny may be our best shot. Kevin Probably Saves the World has a new episode on Tuesday at 10, 9 central on ABC. If you guys haven't checked this out, please do. I think this is such a fun, light, in aligning episode or series that you can watch if you're looking for something that's kind of along the season four style of The Lively Show lately. It's got a little bit of the fun, the lightness, and also a little bit of the extraterrestrial and What is really going on in this world? Is it as we truly see it? So I hope you check that out and enjoy it. Now for where I am. I am here in Sydney, loving Sydney and teaching Flow With Intention online, loving the class and doing our sessions. It's been so fun to meet the new crew of people involved and get to work with them. In addition, today's episode actually is featuring a Flow with Intention and Life with Intention online member, Kristen Judkins. Kristen and I have gotten to know each other over the last, I would say, maybe year or two years, as she became a part of a small mastermind group that I offered for Once Upon a Time, a one time kind of thing where I worked with a small group of women. And the group is just incredible. And they still meet up with each other every single week. So, hello, ladies. Thank you for listening. I'm sure you're cheering Kristen on right now. And I'm so excited excited for this episode with Kristen because you guys, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of season four. It has all the great elements that we used to weave into the older style episodes in seasons one through three. We've got career, we've got looking for meaning and joy and purpose. we got all of that stuff that we used to talk about in the past, which we haven't focused on this much in season four. However, what we're doing is we're taking that same kind of situation that you could probably pick 50 Lively Show episodes and say this is kind of like that one. But this one is different in that it is – coming from season four perspective. So we're bringing this level of consciousness and awareness, flow, alignment, and frequency to what is something that we used to solve or address in a different way in the past with a different level of consciousness and awareness. So I'm so excited to introduce Kristen to you and her journey around her career. Like many of you that may be listening or maybe you know someone like this, she was a lawyer stuck in a job that she did not feel good about. She was having physical symptoms and decided to take another path But what happens is that that next path wasn't the end of the story. It was just a part of her river. So this whole transformation that you're gonna hear Kristen talk about, I think is incredibly powerful because the realizations and the perspective and the role that she ended up finding the fit in for this present moment in time is truly going to be surprising and ultimately show how someone living in Virginia and a lawyer has just as much freedom, flexibility and sparkle unicorniness as people like myself for Jacob Lieberman or Gregorio Avancini, who's been on the show, that this is truly a mindset and an awareness, a level of consciousness that has nothing to do about where you live or what you're doing in terms of your job or what freedom or quote unquote flexibility it seems like you have. This mindset is truly the entire game. And when you get that, everything else falls into place. Let's go to the show. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks, Jess. I'm so excited to be here. All right, so let's introduce everyone to you. I'm so thankful that I've gotten to know you over the years, but let's start with telling everyone how you got to where you are.
1: Yeah, so that's a a long story. But just to sort of keep it light and short, you know, I think growing up, I just sort of followed the equation that many of us fall into, right? We start climbing these ladders, one after the other, sort of always waiting to arrive, right? We go to high school so that we can go to college and go to college so we can go to grad school and, and on and on. And I think we sort of put our happiness and self worth in sort of achieving that next thing. And for me, in college that became, you know, getting to to a good law school. So I could eventually get to a good law firm. I was sort of very focused on this sort of picture of success that I had or that that I had grown up with. And, you know, if I look back, I'm not exactly sure how that got ingrained in me. I mean, I know that, you know, my family valued hard work and education. And so those values in some ways transferred to me. And I sort of got into this loop of performing and getting good grades and, you know, achieving. And, and on and on. And I think, you know, I I did all the things. I went to law school, I got to a good law firm, and then it was the next ladder, right? It was, well, I need to work here and I need to do well so that I can get promoted, so that I can make partner, so that I can be on, you know, a management committee and, and sort of you can sort of map your career out for the next 30 years.
0: Here's a question. So when you see this roadmap out before you, it's so interesting as we're talking about this because this is something that's come up in so many conversations, especially like years one and two of The Lively Show, you know, and now that. I'm in whatever fairyland I'm kind of living in now, that whole thing where you say, like, I have my life planned out for the next 30 years, like, it gives me like the shivers, like I can't even imagine the joy in that, you know, that brings a lot of comfort to people. But now I'm looking at that, i like, oh, my God, that's like shackles to me. Now, I would love to know for you, and you were in that moment, what did that 30-year plan represent to you at that time? What was appealing about that for you at that time?
1: You know, Jess, if I'm honest about it, I didn't even question it. It was something that I was supposed to do, right? You go to college, you get a job, you earn a living, you know, you you do the best you can to succeed in, in that job to provide for your family. So I wasn't at a point then where I was even questioning that. It was just like, okay, this is what everybody does. And at some point on that path, while I was at the law firm, I realized that the equation that I sort of had just bought into was broken because I had achieved all of the things. I had the trappings, if you will, of a happy life, right? A good job, a good salary, a loving family, but there was this knowing that there was like this level of dissatisfaction there and I couldn't shift it, I couldn't find the joy, I couldn't find the happiness and waking up every day and contributing.
0: As you were saying that and as we're talking about this, do you wanna know the vision that came up to me in my head? Yeah. Okay, I just saw a polar bear. (laughs) A polar bear? Yeah, what's going on here? Jess's pineal gland is going crazy. I don't know. So I just saw in my head, like a polar bear, and thinking about, you know, what is this, like the 30 year plan, basically? This is how I envisioned it in this moment as you were speaking. Kind of like, you're like, all right, to be a really good polar bear, I need to get fish for my little polar bear cubs, right? So I need to go fish all the oceans and get as many fish as I can. And so like you were looking at your 30-year plan to get as much fish as possible for the cubs. You don't even have cubs right now, but if you did, you know, but in my head, you're like a mama bear trying to get as much fish as possible. But what that really is, I'm just realizing, is to look at that plan and say that that is, life and that that is our experience we're here, that's winning at life, if you will, quote unquote, doing it right, succeeding. That actually is the limitation of living a life very similar to an animal without the level of consciousness that we have. So they're just going about their instinctual, you know, daily habits. They're not really thinking about whether or not they're growing, succeeding, having creativity, having fun. Uh, they're, They're not worried about alignment. They're probably just in alignment instinctually, but we're the different animal in terms of our level of consciousness. And so just, going about the instinct to provide alone is not enough to leave us satisfied in an enduring way. What do you think of my little vision? Absolutely. No,
1: I think that that's a beautiful analogy because in many ways it's living by instinct or living by default, right? They put you into this model and they gave you this plan and then you just follow the plan and you don't question it or you have those blinders on, right? You don't look, you just don't look outside of the path. You just follow the path you're on. And I think there's no self-awareness there, right? It's just, you're just acting according
0: to the plan as the polar bear does. Ah, here we go. This is the difference between the polar bear and you. Kristen, the polar bear is listening to their inner being, their intuition. They're acting in alignment with their deeper knowing. So they're not frustrated or unhappy about that experience, but you have a different inner being or intuition or inner knowing. And so what you're getting your instincts from are from other people and a story that society's been telling, not from your inner being. Did you ever feel called internally towards that 30-year plan? You know, I think for some time I did. I mean,
1: I don't know if I was necessarily called as much as that, you know, I sort of hustled my way through it and I I sort of put as much passion and interest as I could into the plan, but that can only go on for so long if it's not coming from your inner being or your inner guidance, right? And I think that at some point things just started to go off the rails and I just couldn't pull the wool over my eyes anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's go into that now. So you're doing the plan for a little while. How long do you do it until it starts to feel like it's not a fit?
1: So I, I get to the law firm, you know, maybe like about a year in, I start to have very physical reaction to the stress of the job. And that manifested itself in just headaches, right? So so initially, it was just a headache or two here and there. Then I started having ocular migraines. And these would happen and they sort of put me out so, in some cases for three or four hours at a time, which made it very difficult to function given, you know, the amount of commitments that I had. I went to the doctor, I reported the headache. Uh, they they had me keep a headache journal turns out I was having some form of headache or migraine 27 out of 30 days of the month they did the test they couldn't find anything wrong they said it's your lifestyle
0: you know what it really is? it's your emotions out of alignment it's your inner being, your intuition being out of alignment with your lifestyle right? it's the emotions you are having because of the disconnect between where you were and where your soul really wanted to be Right. And I assume that there was just no other
1: way to get to me, right? They had to give me some sort of sign. And so this was the sign, right? It was this very physical reaction and I ignored it for a long time. You know, I, I pushed through it. I I didn't tell anyone about it. I sort of continued to work and continue to perform, you know, at, at the highest level that I could until at some point, you know, after seeing several doctors and having them all tell me the same thing. And I sort of sat down and thought about it you know, I I said, look, I I need to pay attention to this. I need to see if this is true. I need to see if I can shift this because I don't want to be in physical pain every day. So that was really, I think the time that that was kind of the fork in the road, right? I sort of had to go another way.
0: Yes. And you thought the only way I can get rid of these headaches is to leave law. Yes, because they were telling me it was my
1: lifestyle. I didn't understand that at the time. I thought, well, I've been working this many hours and I've been working with this level of intensity for many years. And so I don't understand how it's my lifestyle, but I cannot attribute this physical pain to anything else I want to step away and I want to see if, if I can find some way to heal these sort of symptoms that I was having
0: And what is lifestyle when they say that word because they're obviously not coming from sparkle unicorn level that we're talking that I'm coming from right so what are they're kind of in the like the rational world alone only looking at the five physical senses so what are they at their level of perception seeing about the experience?
1: Right. So they asked me all kinds of questions. For instance, how many hours do you work? How many days of the week do you work? How much sleep do you get? You know, What's your stress level on a day-to-day basis? So they approached it with sort of these types of parameters. And when my responses to those questions were sort of on one end of the spectrum, they said, okay, you're probably doing too much. You're not sleeping enough. You're working too much. You don't have enough time built into your life for leisure or for play or for rest. And those things are important too. So you probably need to you know, pull back a little bit to see if you'll feel better.
0: Yeah, I guess they look at the actions to provide a positive feeling. But the only thing that you said initially that I caught that was like, okay, so they're kind of somewhat aware was when they say the word stress, which makes me really want to have a conversation a little bit about stress and say, what is stress? It means discomfort, it's dis emotional comfort. It's the unhappiness. It's the lower end of the emotional spectrum. And you could have probably done the same amount of hours and the same amount of type of quote unquote lifestyle features they were speaking to, but in alignment, you would not have had migraines. So it's interesting that they say, oh, you need to change all these things. But they're saying is like dilute your life enough so that this one thing you really hate isn't going to affect you that much because right now it's affecting you too much. But really, if you loved it, it wouldn't affect you. So it's not about dialing it back. It's about finding that alignment within yourself about the thing you're doing. In, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to work as many hours as you were working before. And it, and it also for some people, it might be putting just too much into one basket. And if they just dialed it back, that's all that's necessary. But it's interesting that you didn't even think of that as at that time of, let me just dial it back a little. You're like, I need to leave law in general. There's no way I could do this together.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I waited so long. I was having a hard time even differentiating between, you know, the job itself and whether I enjoyed it or whether it was just the stress.
0: But here's a little comment. The stress. What is that? And you said, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's a job or if it's the stress. Like the stress is like a third entity, which really is just the disconnect between your own intuition and what you were doing. So it's not actually even anything as this like the stress. I think we as a society have labeled stress as a problem in society. And we're like, our lives are so stressful. All we're saying is we're so disconnected with our own intuitions. We think because we're acting in disalignment with our intuition that life is stressful rather than realizing we're just so unaware of what we actually want to do. We just think that life is doing this to us. Yes, exactly. And I think the stress, when I reflect back
1: on it, was coming a lot from this focus on external measures of success, right? It was this obsession over billable hours and bonuses and my performance Vis-a-vis my colleagues as well as this sort of ideal the sort of ideals of excellence that I had just for myself right like my own personal standards and I was focused on all of these things and not really focused on doing the work itself and finding whatever joy I could in the work itself and I think the focus on those external things which. I think a lot of it came from those ladders and that sort of societal pressure and the way that society defines success that really got me into trouble.
0: Yeah. And I'm just thinking back to my little polar bear analogy. And it's just like, you had a pantry full of fish and you're like, okay, it's winter. I got to shore up the fish, you know, or whatever. It's going to be actually, they probably fish in the winter, whatever it is, summer, whatever they hibernate. You like, you get all the fish and you're like, okay, I've got all of the fish. Now what? Like there's this missing element to okay i've accumulated the fish and i've done that and i focus on it and i keep focusing on more fish more fish more fish right more bonuses billable hours all of those are just fish and you are just like this can't be all there is there's your inner being is like okay there's more to life than this exactly okay so now we're looking at all right the stress you know the lifestyle needs to change so we need to shift What was your experience life in making that decision? Was it like, thank God I'm getting out of here? Or was it an identity loss and crisis? What was it like?
1: It was complicated. (laughs) So, you know, I was still operating under that same programming in many ways. So I decided that before I left the law firm, I needed to kind of have another plan, right? So I was looking for another plan. I was looking for another framework that I could dive into because i I didn't know how to operate. I didn't know how to exist in the world without that. And so I did that, right? I decided, okay, well, I'm really interested in integrative health. And I think again, a lot of that interest was driven by the fact that I was struggling with health issues and was trying to, you know, heal myself. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna, you know, get certified in this and I'm going to help other people that are in my position, you know, go down this path. And in the middle of all of that, I started dealing with kind of the aftershocks of, of stepping away. And they brought up a lot of feelings of unworthiness, again, more dissatisfaction of like, okay, I'm not as good as I was before, because I invested all this time in this other path. And I have all these credentials and all this expertise. And now I'm sort of pivoting to something else, something sort of wholly different. And I was feeling very like, I wasn't measuring up against those external measures of success. So I was in that process of as much as I was running away from those, I hadn't fully shed them yet. So they were still kind of in my backpack, if you will. I was still sort of grappling with them. And it was a challenging period of trying to discover who I was and what I wanted, and of letting go of what other people expected of me and what other people wanted
0: for me. That's exactly what I was going to ask next. So who are the people you cared most about their reactions? And what were the reactions of those people? Yeah. So I mean, you know, first and foremost,
1: my husband, he was 100% supportive throughout the entire journey. So that was definitely not a concern. And, and looking back, I think that that should have been the extent of where I went right in terms of looking for approval and looking for support, because he was always positive about it and always encouraging me to sort of continue on the journey, and to sort of just seeing where it led me, you know, but there were also opinions from my parents. My husband was still practicing law, so I was still very much involved in the community that I was in before. So I would, you know, we'd go to events like social events and I'd see my colleagues and I, I always felt, I mean, it's not like they necessarily explicitly said anything, but I just kind of felt, okay, I'm not good enough, right? I'm not good enough to be in this room because I stepped away from this and I'm doing something else that this group of people doesn't view as valuable as what I used to do before.
0: Okay. Do you want to know my polar bear analogies in my head now? yes earlier when you were talking about all the skills that you left behind and all the money you'd invested in the education i imagine now this polar bear in my head now has like a bunch of fishing equipment to go fishing and it's like i got all this fancy stuff i got the fish finder i got the radar i got the boat now this this bear is obviously not totally just a bear but he has all this stuff and it's just like oh my gosh Who am I without using it? It's just the boat's just sitting there. The fishing equipment's just sitting there and I'm so good at this. And now you're like, I'm going to go pick berries instead. And you're like, you know, that's the less stressful path. That's the nutrition. And then the bear is at happy hour with its other bears that are all fishermen bears. And they're all talking about their exploits in the fishing industry. And you're like, man, I used to do that, but now I'm just picking berries. So I can't relate to them because they're not liking the berries. But I know the fishing thing was stressing the heck out of me. So I don't feel like I'm enough.
1: Exactly. Yes. This analogy continues to work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as you add human elements like boats and fishing equipment, it does. Yeah. So did picking the berries feel better? Did integrative nutrition feel as exciting as you thought it would? No, it didn't. <laughs> now, most people sitting here in your shoes have probably some kind of inkling or desire for something new that someone like that or adjacent to that and they're thinking that's the holy grail. Why did that not actually make you so happy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, so the topic itself is interesting and I, I remain interested and invested in it and I do a lot of personal reading about the topic still, right? It's, it's something that I find fascinating and I'm always trying to optimize health and be healthy in general. But when it came down to actually coaching other people, I found that the skill set required to do those things, I had it, sure, but I hated it. I don't, this sort of pressure that comes with carrying a conversation with sort of, you know, you're, you're dealing with people when they're in a very emotional time. Uh, a lot of times they're dealing with whatever issues, sometimes weight issues, sometimes stress issues, sometimes, you know, eating issues. It's, it's an emotional time and, and you you bear a responsibility to help them sort of to sort of guide them through through that journey. And I just didn't feel like I was well positioned to do that. Or like I had, you know, the expertise or the or the desire even to sort of play that role for somebody. And I I have huge respect for people who do this for a living. But I just realized very quickly that it wasn't for me. It didn't. I could do it, but it didn't bring me joy. And I was really searching for something that would sort of make me get out of bed in the morning, if if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, because you already left the fishing thing. You're like, all right, Did you basically just have a lower tolerance for unhappiness at that point to recognize that so quickly when you went through so much in law that went against that feeling all the time before? Yeah,
1: I still think that I invested too much in that path, but it was definitely a lot quicker than the sort of the the first realization, right? I think I, I I stuck with it for maybe eight months or so, which was probably too long. But again, it was quicker than, you know, a handful of years.
0: Yeah. So how quickly did you actually know? So let's say you stuck it out eight months in integrative nutrition. When did you really know deep down that it wasn't right?
1: I knew the first week of the certification training.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how did you know that it was wrong then?
1: So we had sort of a couple days of training and and the training was very, it was a practicum, right? So it was very much focused on hands-on practice. So the second or third day of the training, they put us into these triads, right? So it's a group of three people. um, And one person would act as the coach, the other person would act as the client. And then there was a third person who would give feedback. In the first of those interactions, I knew that this was not for me. And I distinctly remember calling my husband at the end of the day and telling him, you know, I don't think I want to do this. I don't know if I can do this. This is not, you know, it's just not what I envisioned. And I don't think that I'm going to enjoy doing this for significant periods of time.
0: Okay. I love this. I have like goosebumps. I'm so happy with this conversation. I just am delighted. Okay. So you knew this. Now, what I'm guessing he said was something to the effect of, you're new at this, just give it time. You're going to do great at this. This is what you've wanted. Keep going. Did he say something like that? Yes. He said it was the first try, right? It was the first practice session.
1: Like, you know, you're only a couple of days in, give it a shot, right? He didn't, he didn't say, you know, this is what you need to do, but he said, give it some time, see how it goes. Okay.
0: Now, what did your intuition tell you about that answer? obviously your ego overrode it. I want two answers here. I want ego's answer to that question and intuition's answer to that question at that moment to your level of awareness, looking back on it.
1: Yeah. Ego's answer is you thought about this, you decided on this plan. This is day two of the rest of your life. So keep on going. Intuition's answer was you should probably get in your car and drive home now. I was in uh, North Carolina at Duke. And I had driven there, you know, it was a four or five hour drive. And I that that was literally what I was really feeling was you should get in the car and drive home.
0: And you stayed.
1: And I stayed. Yep.
0: And how uncomfortable was your intuition to deal with the rest of the time of the training? It
1: was challenging. So the way the training worked, it was like one week in person. And then we had the sort of distance learning for the whole summer. And then we had a, a week at the end in person. So I got through that first week and it was challenging. I mean every day we had you know practice session after practice session and I think by the end of the week I remember driving home on Friday and just feeling completely depleted and just seriously considering you know walking away from it but again for whatever reason the ego just continued to override right it's like this is the plan right.
0: Well, it's either fishing or berries. There's no other option here.
1: <laughs> right. There's no other option, right? You left the fishing. Now you've bought into the berries and there's no third option. You, you know, this is what you need to do. Oh,
0: man. But you already knew from the pain and the suffering that came from the last one. So at least in this, the first time you didn't know any better. You hit your head against the wall so badly. You got the concussion. You're like, all right, that doesn't work. So now it's like you bumped your head against the wall. But the awareness is louder this time quicker, sooner, faster. And yet you still progress because we're still learning at this. So you're just bumping your head. You kind of, you don't have the whole concussion, but it's like, if this is what you left fishing for, did you kind of feel like why even do it to some degree? Like, but then what else to do? So you just kept pressing forward?
1: Yeah. I mean, in many ways it was a positive shift because I did sort of experience an improvement in the headaches, right? So I was feeling better physically. So that was positive. And I think that in part, I I mistook that, right? I thought, oh, this is getting better. So this must be a sign that it's the right path. But nevertheless, I just, you know, I sort of continue to ask those hard questions, right? I continue to ask, like, is this what I want to be doing? Why isn't this making me happy? What could make me happy? Like, how do I want to spend my working hours? And I sort of continue to bump bump against those questions and and seeing the answers that were coming and the evolution of those answers, such that I got to a point where I thought, where, where I sort of, fully understood, like, hey, you can't get attached to these plans. You know, if you're going to identify a plan, that's fine. Try it. And as soon as it feels wrong, move on. There's no reason to get attached because that's what causes the suffering when you sort of continue to go down the path that you're attached to. And it's not a fit. It's not in alignment with what you're meant to be doing.
0: I have goosebumps, girl. You're you're preaching it. So... (laughs) All right. You're totally right. Now, here's a question. Your intuition said, pack up the bags, lady, and go home. So obviously your ego at the level of the problem was like, no, this is the only solution. It's either fishing or berries. This is it. But what would your intuition have done if it
1: went home? You know, I think I would have had to sort of waddle around in the uncertainty for a bit. You know, I I didn't have another plan. I didn't have other ideas about um, what I might do. I think you know, I had become so one dimensional that work was really the way that I spent most of the hours of the day, right? So I didn't even know what was fun or what my personal interests were, I I hadn't discovered any of that at that point in the journey. And so I think, you know, I would have had to be comfortable with coming back home and not necessarily knowing what I would do when I got up the next day and just being open to whatever kind of showed up. And I wasn't there at that time. I was very much like, I need to know what I'm doing. I need to know what the plan is.
0: And it's because your identity was so wrapped up in it. Exactly, because it's all I had. Yes, it was your only identity besides wife and a few other things that were so secondary. So for you to actually go home and pack that up and go, I'm gonna follow this and I don't know where it's going and waddle, like you said, that's a really great word for it, waddle through the uncertainty, that meant total ego death to your ego in some way, shape or form. And it was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. It's too scary. I already left the one thing. This is my life preserver. It's got to be this because otherwise,
1: what else do I have to offer the world? Right. And then there was that whole overlay of, well, what will people think? You know, I invested in this second path and now this is, you know, not working out. So, you know, at some point, you know, people just think you're a flake or that you don't know what you're doing. And so there was still that sort of, those machinations going on in my head very much like what will other people think of this if I I told all these people I was going to this training what will they think if I just left and came home
0: what do you think would have happened if you had done that looking back on it
1: I mean it doesn't matter right if If there's one thing I've learned is that I have to follow what's good for me and what puts me in alignment and what brings me joy and if that jives with what other people expect of me, great. And if it doesn't, then that's great too, because it's my life and I have to live it. Right. I'm not going to put other people's expectations on my shoulders anymore because it's not useful and it just causes pain.
0: Here's a question. So when you left the law, because that was the first time you shifted your identity and you were scared about what they were going to say then, did anything actually terrible happen then?
1: No, of course not. It was just very much in my head.
0: So nothing even bad even happened. No one even said anything nasty, terrible, offensive about the shift.
1: You know, a couple of friends suggested that I was a little bit crazy. You know, they said, you've invested so much in this career and how can you just, you know, how can you just leave without having something else lined up? You know, you you went to this great school, you did all these great things and now you're just going to So, so there was some of that from some close friends at the time anyway. But no, I mean it's I think they were just kind of reacting to what was happening and and I think some of them were also feeling that by me stepping away that I was somehow questioning their path or questioning their choices, which of course I wasn't. But I think there's that sort of mirroring that, that happens sometimes.
0: Well, absolutely, they're putting their own overlay of their alignment on you or their motivations on you, and it's reflecting on them as well, right? They're only thinking about themselves, right? How they see the world and how they react to the world based on what they think you might think of them in their own mind, right? It's all happening in their own mind, just like this is all happening in your own mind. And it's beautiful to see that and accept that and recognize, Like if someone loves you, it's a reflection of what's inside of them, which is love. If someone hates you or is upset, it's a reflection of their own fear. It has nothing to do with your actual state of being. But as you get really clear in your own energy, law of attraction won't even bring those things to your forefront, right? So... In the beginning, when you fear it, you'll you'll attract it. Like those people that have that reaction, you will find them because you are expecting your reticular activating system is like on high alert for all of the cars and the in the dogs in the world that you have. And also for this kind of reaction that you're fearing, but at the same time kind of seeking by giving energy to it. Yes, exactly. But if you get over that and you just get really clear on your energy, and I'm not saying this is easy to do, it's just possible that... One of two things happens. Either they don't show up in your life or it's like water off a duck's back. It just does not stick. And you recognize, oh, this is a reaction or a reflection of what's inside them. Has nothing to do with the reaction or what's inside me. If I get stuck on it, then I know that's a reflection of something from me. But otherwise, everything is just a reflection of them.
1: Yeah. And, and there's just such great freedom in realizing that even if it's not always attainable. Right. I mean, it's, it's a process, right, of, of learning and understanding that. But there's such freedom in, in knowing that and in knowing that, hey, it's it's not about them. Right. It's it's just about you and how you feel. And you don't need to worry about how other people are perceiving your actions or your thoughts or your your path, if you will.
0: I was gonna share this in the show because it happened with you here. So this is a little bit of a tangent, but a, a smaller version of this. So yes, it can be huge identity shifting stuff like career changes or whatever. Not that that's actually that important, it's just big to the ego, right? It's really not that important how you make your money or if you make money at all. It's really not in the grand scheme of the world that big a deal. It just feels that big to the ego because it defines itself in such a large way often from that perspective in our society at this point in time, especially in Western culture. But aside from that, to say, like, I'm doing what's right for me and I have to trust that the reaction some other people is a reflection of what's inside them or things like that. So... I'll just share my little story with you in this interview. I wanted to do this with you on your Sunday night, 8 p.m., but that was Monday morning, my time, and there was construction going on in the area. So I asked you an email that said, hey, can we do this tomorrow night instead because of the loud noises, I didn't want the distraction in the audio, and you were totally cool with it. And then today, which is that when we're recording, I didn't expect this because I didn't know when the Airbnb cleaners would come, but they showed up and they're like, hey, we're here to clean your apartment. And so it's like, oh gosh, this is kind of right before I was meeting with you. So I, again, kind of pushed it back. So what I want to point out about this is for people, and then I want your reaction to this, okay? So what I experienced was the total faith, even though my head or even though my ego could have told a story of, okay, you're kind of, you know, rescheduling with her, she's gonna have to adjust her night. You don't know what she has planned the next day or like maybe she wants to go to bed at eight, you know, not because this interview is 8.30 to 9.30. You know, my ego could have made a whole story about this situation. I could have said, oh, Joe, the producer needs this on time and needs it sooner. All these things could have been going on in my head. But instead of that, what I have trained my head to predominantly think, even though I can be aware that those stories could have crossed my mind or could have caused me to act in those fearful ways, I refuse to allow those thoughts to trump the belief and faith, most importantly, that is that if this is what is aligned for me, this is also aligned for them. And I just believe that to the core. And I'm always kind of curious a little still, right? Like I'm still curious on how it's right for you or how it's aligned for you. And I also have the realization just to this same, this is just a microcosm of this bigger shift that you were making. So you're worried about their reaction. So if you had had a negative reaction, in the same way, I would realize this is a sign of what's in them. It still has nothing to do with me because especially in this scenario that I just shared with you, I can't control the construction outside. And I i guess I could have chosen not to have the Airbnb cleaners clean or I could have asked them to show up another time. I could have done those two things. They're all, everything's a choice, but Ultimately, it didn't feel aligned for me to do that. It felt more aligned for me to flow with what they were offering. And then I went and got an iced tea. And actually, the funniest thing was these two things in my own life, I'll say, these were kind of quote unquote outside of my control, if you will, I couldn't, I didn't decide them. But I yesterday really wanted to study all day. And I actually didn't feel like doing the interview that day. The construction was this beautiful thing that helps me like i don't know i probably would have pushed through i probably am not so sensitive to that where i would have just like canceled it straight up just because of that but it was a beautiful alignment for weirdly my day i love reading and studying before doing work and this was kind of early enough in my day that i didn't think i was going to have time to do any aligning in that way and i remember casually kind of thinking man i'd love a nice tea and to be able to read before this and then they knocked on my door like 10 minutes later and then I was sending you the email. So these are things that were outside, quote unquote, my control, but they're kind of magical occurrences that happened to align with my own deeper desires that I would've, to be honest, pushed through, even though I would preach not to, I would've. And I now wanna hear your side of the story with those two postponements.
1: Yeah, so it's so fascinating, Jess, because yesterday was so it was my Sunday, you know, we just have a a deadline coming up. And and so I worked most of the day and, and just by the end of it was feeling kind of low energy and just, I just didn't feel like I would be at my best. and, And I wanted to be in that place. And I, you know, I was just telling my husband that, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I wish I wouldn't have had to work today because it just would have been so much easier if I could have taken that time. You know, getting into alignment is very much part of my day to day now as well. And um, I, I would have wanted that time to do that before we connected. And lo and behold, I turn on my computer to get everything set up, make sure everything's in order before we hop on the call. And I see your email about the construction. And I just I, I did. I got goosebumps. I was like, this is this is amazing. You know, we're just neither of us were aligned for this conversation right now. And and so I'm going to take the evening and just relax and and get to bed early and and tomorrow's another day. So that was, you know, just I thought a a wonderful occurrence. And then today, you know, likewise, uh, got home from work a couple hours before we were supposed to connect and just we had dinner and I was sort of getting ready. And, and I just didn't quite have, you know, I think like maybe 20 minutes before we were supposed to connect. And that wasn't quite enough time. I wanted to kind of get my head together. And lo and behold, there's your email that can we connect half an hour later. So it gave me the time to take some notes and to sort of get into alignment and get to a place where I was ready to connect. So it, it just worked out beautifully.
0: So it's kind of like two frequencies, taking the time to match up, right? Remind me again, where do you live?
1: So we're in Virginia, just right outside Washington D.C.,
0: and I'm in Sydney, Australia, right now. And we are on totally different days of the week right now. Totally different. I'm like a broad daylight. You're in the evening before bed. Like this is so different. But what you see is this is all energy, right? And both of us, because we're in the awareness of alignment. I think that's the biggest thing about this. For people that I know, like for example, I had a big birthday party for a friend that I've been talking about with them since May. It just happened this weekend. And when the day happened, I didn't feel it was my highest alignment to go. And I still had the normal old script and programming of guilt but I was unwilling to go at the expense of my own intuition or own alignment. I was like this, I was so tired. I just literally stayed in bed the entire time and didn't move. Like I was just tired and I allowed myself to do that, but I, had the script and still had the old story of, you know, this, they're really cool people and they're really flowy and they're really aligned, amazing people. But the, just knowing the context of this birthday and it was her 30th and all of this stuff, I felt like even this is like pushing it too far, right? Like even this, this is just a little too flaky. But I wasn't willing, even with that story going on in my ego, to actually act on that story, right? So I saw the story, I heard the story. I kind of didn't love the story. I was feeling it because I was feeling some feelings around it, but I was unwilling to act in alignment with it, which would have been going against my own intuition or alignment at the expense of just showing up for them. And I sent them a beautiful, honest email. I just like kind of channeled my intuition about what to say and just told them I wasn't feeling it, but I'd love to meet up later. And they were like, all love, hope you feel better. So sweet. The next day was my birthday. So many great messages. And It's incredible. And I think that that becomes more and more common the more and more you get your alignment set and you start attracting and connecting with people from this pure, I don't wanna say vibration, but from this pure alignment, other people are so accommodating. Once you've set your own alignment for this new level, the people you attract in your life to tend to be on that level. And those people on that level are so flexible and flowing, I find, because you are that they're the reflecting back to you of that. And I'm curious because you obviously haven't been in like the fairyland, quote unquote, quite as much as I have, but have you noticed, cause you still have lawyers, like you, we'll get into what has been the next step for you, but how have you ever experienced any of this stuff in your own life? I'm curious about sticking to your alignment even when you're not sure how it's affecting someone else.
1: Absolutely. I sort of continue to see it, you know, in my day to day now. I mean, if if I can give an example from last week, it was it was I think it was on Tuesday, we sort of got word that we were going to sort of shift our strategy on on a particular case. and, And this was going to create it was a different direction. So it was going to create a lot of drafting of documents, right. And in, in a short period of time. And and so that kind of quickly filled up my plate. And then I later got an email from another person that needed help with sort of a very urgent matter, something that just didn't feel aligned for me at all. And it was because I had gotten this earlier opportunity that I was able to say no to that other one without feeling like I was letting someone down or feeling like it was my responsibility. Like I had to take this on and, and they just simply responded like, you know, thanks so much for letting me know, you know, we'll. We'll circle back with other resources. And so that was just kind of one example recently. But I think, I think you're absolutely right. It, it continues to, to play out that way, even if those around me are not necessarily invested in these practices and in this approach to life.
0: Yes. And actually, to another side of our own journey here talking together, I feel like there's so much magic happening as we're unfolding this and we're in such sync and alignment. But we actually had originally planned to have this conversation, which would have ended kind of with you being the integrative nutrition coach several months ago. How many months ago was that?
1: I think we started talking about this in January of this year.
0: Okay. Yeah. So nine months later. And actually, you want to tell them why it didn't happen then?
1: I think we had just emailed and kind of touched base about it. And then we sort of lost touch for whatever reason, like who knows why. And then we just kind of, we reconnected and it just wasn't a, I don't know, it just wasn't, it didn't feel like a fit. It didn't feel like the story was still very much evolving, right? There was some sense, I think, on both of our parts that this wasn't the story, right? There was going to be more. And I think we both... I remember writing to you and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I would love to do this with you and I'm going to have faith and trust that if it's meant to be, it will come right. And, and we just sort of left it there. And, and then here we are.
0: Yeah. And the funny thing was, I had no idea that this was going on for you. So as I recall vaguely that it was, let's have this conversation. Then I probably just didn't answer my emails for like a month because (laughs) that kind of happens when I'm in alignment. (laughs) And you know what? I can tell you, well, I have a manager. So obviously this is not like like the inbox is completely unattended to. But the stuff that I have to answer, I only do in highest alignment. And when I got back to it, I don't know why. I cannot explain any of this, but I just wasn't feeling it. I think that's probably, I don't know if, I, how did I, did I say it like that to you?
1: Yeah, so I think you we were coming up on the end of season three. So there was going to be like a natural break there. And I think you were then going to take some time and you had sort of a different vision about, you know, where season four was going to go. And so it was just this weird breaking point in the middle of the summer where it just didn't fit into the sort of larger plan.
0: Yeah. And then look at this, because this is the story, this is the time, this is when this needed to happen, it all synced up so beautifully. And it was beautiful too that you didn't like get disappointed, like, oh, I'm not gonna be on the show after all, or whatever, you said, if this is meant to be, I have faith that this will be too. So you didn't put up any resistance to that either. We found that flow, and now, after several reschedulings later, this I think is so powerful, but hopefully this example, again, gives awareness And examples, I don't wanna say it's permission because no one needs permission to do this alignment stuff and to say their needs or to speak to acting in ways that bring them most alignment. They don't need permission to do that. But sometimes hearing that other people are doing it and knowing case studies of like when it worked out for the best, like I didn't ask you, do you want to reschedule? I told you this is what I need to do, but you were like, thank God she keeps doing this, right? I didn't even know that, I had no clue. I just had the faith that if this is right for me, this has to be right for you because I have faith that our intuitions are synced up. I am not having faith that everyone's egos are synced up at all, but that the intuitions, the inner beings, those guiding forces within us are in alignment, they never overrule another intuition. I don't believe that. So you might have a reaction egoically to, oh, my identity, I'm not gonna be on the show or like she's flaking or whatever. But I I ultimately don't think that the inner being side of us has a misalignment with another inner being. So hopefully these are case studies or thoughts for people to think about and give themselves the courage to act in their own alignment rather than to act in ways that feel like they should behave in society because other people have told them the two.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that I focus on or that I try to ask myself is, you know, does this feel forced? You know, whenever I'm feeling like some sort of friction or dissatisfaction with something, it's, it's always like, is this something like, why am I doing this? Do I want to do this? Is this what I'm called to do? Or is, is this just another thing I'm supposed to do or thing that I should do? And I've been sort of trying to get away from those shoulds, you know, and, and more to things that just feel right in the present moment.
0: Amen. Yes. so happy you said that. So well put. So well put. And I think that that's going to help a lot of people. That simple question I think you just shared is perfect. Does this feel forced? If it does, step back and say, how does this feel like flow? Where is the flow in the present moment? Because when it's forced, you're going upstream. And that's when your consciousness, the little 5% of us is trying to act when the 95% of us knows there's a better way to go. Okay. So now I want to go back. So we know at week one, this is not what you want, but we go eight months with it. And then what starts to emerge as a next path for you?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, at some point I got comfortable with saying, I'm going to let this go to go back to my question earlier. It was very forced. I kept asking myself that question and it was always, yes, this is forced. This is hard. It feels hard. It feels challenging and and unfun, right? And I I think I finally got to a place where I said, Okay, I'm thankful enough that I have this time where I can just explore and figure out what I want to do with my time. And I don't need to put all this pressure on myself. So I'm just going to let go and see what happens. So I did all kinds of things, Jess. I went back to ballet. I took ballet classes. I went to coffee school in Portland because I was just personally interested in coffee. I got obsessed with going to SoulCycle and exercising. And it just just sort of kept doing the things that brought me joy, that got me into alignment. I was doing a lot of reading, writing. And I stumbled onto a book. It's called Designing Your Life. It's by Bill Burnett and, and Dave Evans. And they talk about applying design thinking principles to your life, they had this exercise in there that they call the good time journal. And the focus of the exercise was to look at the sort of the big chunks of your day and how you spend your time and to sort of journal about that and journal about how, like whether you're in a flow state when you're doing that particular activity and how much energy, right? Is it a high energy activity or a low energy activity? And because I wasn't in a formal, sort of career at that time, I just started to think back like, okay, when I was in the law, when I was in health coaching, what were the activities that I was doing and where did they fall on this scale? And I started to realize and have this insight that a lot of the things that I did while practicing law were really interesting and were really joyful. Things like grappling with challenging issues, doing research, writing briefs, advocating for a client's position. I think those things I was able to see by doing this exercise, not only allowed me to get into a flow state regularly, but also were fun and high energy and allowed me to contribute and use my skill set in a way that I felt made a valuable contribution as well as was personally fulfilling for me. So I started at that point to think about, well, gosh, can I actually step back into this in a different way, right, in in a different paradigm than, than the one that I was in before? And is there a way to do this so that I can have fun with it? And that meant sort of not doing some of the other things that were involved in the job, like, again, you know, public speaking and sort of some other things that I didn't enjoy as much. So I was trying to see if there was a way that I could kind of compartmentalize this and do more of what was joyful and less of what was forced. And they went for it. You know, I I sort of approached my law firm, the, the law firm that I worked at before. And I, I had this sort of very frank conversation with them. And, and they were most delighted to have me back. So I thought, well, I need to try this, I need to see if this is a good fit in this different way.
0: Okay, now here's what I would love to know. What was the ego thinking? And what was your intuition thinking? At this point, when it dawned on you that maybe law is the place to go back to?
1: Well, my ego was, I think, kind of scared. There was a lot of catastrophizing. It was like, well, you're going to go back and you're going to end up in the same place. You know, A month from now, you'll have headaches again. And you know, you're going to sort of have all the same problems that you did before. I think my intuition, on the other hand, I can't really say with, with any specificity other than that it felt like the right thing to do. I just had this knowing that Right now, and again, there's no attachment to this. So although this is a good fit today, I know that it may not be a good fit a month from now or a year from now, and I'm okay with that. But in that moment, there was just this knowing that this was a good option for me.
0: I just love this. I just think this is gonna just open up so much freedom for people because they think the freedom is in the 30-year plan. (laughs) It's the opposite. Like that is locking you in to something versus what you have is the freedom to find joy in the present moment right now and do that in any way possible that feels right for you. Now, when you did all the fun stuff that you did before, do you think that decompression and that exploration was a part of you enabling yourself to come back in this empowered way too, that wasn't just about trying to be the coaching and then realizing that wasn't right and then just going straight back to law?
1: It was because it allowed me to rediscover who Kristen is, right? Not not the lawyer, Kristen, and not the hardworking Kristen, but just who I was and the things that made me happy and the things that I enjoyed doing. So through these activities, I developed an identity that was separate and apart from work, and it allowed me to feel less one dimensional and feel like, hey, I can do a variety of things. And I don't just have to do this one thing with all of my time. I have these other interests, too, that I can spend some time on. And in that way, I can have many outlets, both for creativity, for flow, for joy. And I can use these these tools, these activities to sort of build a life, a multifaceted life that brings me a lot of joy.
0: Yeah. You know, you're at your journey. So you're going to find this in a way that resonates for you but for me i can tell you at this point if you ask me what do you do and where do you live the real on i won't usually say this unless i'm talking to unicorns but i'll just say like <laughs> if i was talking to a unicorn they would totally get this you know i would say i'm a growth seeking being living in the present moment because I don't live anywhere. And as far as what I do, like right now I'm really into healing stuff. Like I'm learning about healing as a modality. I used to be in quantum mechanics. I still like it, but it's no longer as exciting as healing is to me now, right? So where's the show going? Who the heck knows? I don't know, but I don't care. All I know is that I'm doing what makes me happy right now. That's looked like a lot of studying and I think it's gonna shift to deep experience in the future. And what's cool is that, yeah, this for you is a really, It is a journey of what you do and how you feel, but ultimately I think it's the ego's identity relieving itself and shedding layers after layers without you having to have some giant massive ego death. It's just continuing to peel back and peel back. And I hope too that the activities you found that are beyond the work also, continue to not define you. So, you're not a soul cycler and you're not a ballerina. Like, you're just Kristen doing what makes you feel happy right now. And that can change in every way, in every moment, at any point in time.
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the growth seeking being concept jives with the non attachment, right? I mean, I'm not going to get attached to this identity to to being this or that or the other thing, because that's going to shift, right? I'm, if I'm a growth seeking being, then necessarily as I move across the journey, that's going to shift. And, and I think I'm in a place where more and more, I'm trying to embrace that growth and that shift. And I guess the words that I used to say that are just, Hey, not being attached to this path or to this outcome and just kind of going with whatever it is that is flowing to me in the present moment and embracing that.
0: How does it feel to be
1: back now? It feels so different I feel like a totally different person. Those other things, those external measures of success that used to sort of trap me before are just not even in my view screen anymore. But I needed to go through this journey to find the internal motivation, the joy in the actual work itself, in the day-to-day of doing the work as opposed to wondering how that work helps me to measure up against the sort of society's picture of success. Right. So, so it was a shedding of those external expectations and an embracing of the sort of day to day activities that bring me joy and that allow me to get into alignment in the present moment.
0: So do you get in alignment at work
1: now? I do. I mean, I, it, it starts early in the morning, you know, well before I get to work. And I sort of do the best that I can to, to keep that up while I'm at work. You know, of course, things happen and, and not every day is a perfect alignment day. But I, I do what I can absolutely to stay in that place for as much of the day as possible.
0: Absolutely. Going back to our polar bear analogy, instead of looking at your pantry of fish that you've stocked up and you're like, okay, this freezer is pretty freaking full. Like what else do I got to do? You're actually going, oh my gosh, I enjoy the act of fishing and I don't need to have a freezer full of fish because I'm fishing one day at a time and I have a fish to eat right now.
1: Oh my gosh, yes, it's so perfect.
0: Yeah, so here's a question. How did they react when you came back to the office and how do they perceive you now since you feel totally different? Did they notice that shift too?
1: Yeah, you know, in many ways, I don't know the answer to that question. I've been back for about uh, maybe, six, seven weeks now. And I haven't sort of had an opportunity to have conversations with everyone, but they seem generally delighted to have me back. Everyone's been very friendly and helpful in, in helping me to sort of re-engage and, and get sort of reincorporated back into the group. So I, it's been positive so far.
0: That's awesome. The moral of this story, I just want to say, I believe, and you'll tell me if you feel this is true or not. I believe the moral of this story is something wasn't working, right? It was the identity and the attachment and the approach was so out of alignment with why you were doing the thing. So it actually, in the end, wasn't the thing you were doing. It was the why and the how you were approaching it. But it wasn't about, okay, skipping the integrative nutrition, skipping the detachment from all identity with career and like finding yourself kind of thing. It wasn't about skipping through all of that and going directly to, I need to change how I approach law and I need to have a heart to heart with my boss and then get into this role you're currently in as soon as possible. It wasn't about shifting from law to law. It was about the journey. This is what Abraham says all the time. You wanted a ride on the river and that experience that you got to ride with, now maybe the integrative nutrition part, as you were in the out of alignmentness of that, that could have maybe have been shortened, but it wasn't about shortening it to the point where you went straight back to law. It was shortening it to the point where you got to explore in the fullest capacity and let go of your identity to career in the fullest capacity. So that part was the most useful, but all of that was the ride on the river. And this part is good too. It wasn't like, oh, that was all a waste of time to just get here.
1: Yes. I definitely do not view it as a waste of time. I think it was an integral part of the journey and it's, it's why I'm, I'm where I am today. I don't think that I could have sort of um, hacked my way and into this position without sort of taking the time to do that personal development and, and develop that self-awareness. I just don't think I could have gone from A to B without that sort of middle step.
0: And this is why when they say it's stress and lifestyle, it's not like, that's not like, okay, so just dial back on your hours. That's why you would have still had the headaches, I believe, if you had just dialed back to what you're doing now without the other work or journey. Yes, I fully agree. So now because of your consciousness being at where it's at and your alignment with your emotions being where they're at. That is what has shifted the physical pain. The physical stuff was just a manifestation of the dis-ease, the discomfort you were feeling every day approaching something from a direction that wasn't in alignment with your intuition.
1: Yes, that feels very true.
0: Isn't that powerful? Because people wanna look at the external world for shifts and solutions when the interior pain is caused by interior pain, nine times out of 10.
1: Yep. Yep. And there's this emphasis on knowing the answer and arriving and having it all figured out. And I I get that that's an an easy path in the sense of, you know, you you just, you know what to expect and and you just get up every day and you do that thing. And then you go to bed and you wake up and, you know, do it again, right? Rinse and repeat. But this other path, this path of paying attention, asking questions, looking for the joy and the flow and what it is that's in front of you in the present moment. That's not always an easy path, but it is a more fulfilling path. And it's it's a path that's going to, I think, ultimately lead to a life with more ease and and more joy.
0: Yeah. It's actually living the way the polar bear actually lives, which is from its alignment.
1: Yes. The polar bear continues to be useful.
0: Sorry about this polar bear, guys. I just like, I keep thinking about her and her life and how, you know, we said in the beginning, the difference is we're not here to be instinctual. What we're not here to be is to follow the instincts of other people or stories other people are telling us. We're here to follow what's inside of us to grow. The thing is, by the way, you feel this freedom and this flexibility and this uncertainty and this growth in law which when you signed up for this was like the 30-year plan. How do you look at your plan in the future now with law? I don't plan 30
1: years ahead anymore. I don't plan a year ahead. (laughs) It feels very sort of constricting, right, to, to plan that way. I'm much more focused on the fact that what I have is today, and I'm focused on making the best of that and contributing in the best way that I can today. And of course, you know, Things need to get planned into the future, but those things get planned without attachment and with, with a knowing that if when the day arrives, it ends up not being the right thing to do, just as you shared earlier with a party for your friends, knowing and feeling comfortable enough to just say, okay, this is not what I need to be doing in this moment and being okay with that and just letting go of those rigid plans and those rigid expectations that we sometimes place on ourselves for you know a week, a year, 30 years in advance.
0: Yeah, and I love that I'm talking to you about this because yes, I can have Gregorio Avanzini and I can have my unicorn friends like Jacob Lieberman. I can have, you know, these people on the show and people can go, all right, easy for them. They're flowing around the world, no money. Gregorio, you know, super enigmatic, charismatic person that he can do that, but it's not for me. You, Kristen, you are a thoughtful, considered, introverted and you're doing it in law. You're doing the exact same thing living in the same place doing the same thing you did before in many ways and yet the same energy that Jacob and Gregorio or I are infusing into our lives you are doing you don't have to be this eccentric person flowing around the world to have this deep sense of peace in the uncertainty and you have that right where you are in Virginia at a law firm yes
1: how does that feel it feels amazing. You know, I think, you know, Jess, I, I used to say that to myself too, sort of much earlier in this journey, I'd say, well, you know, Jess can do this because blah, 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 right? She's not in a traditional job and she can travel. And, and, and so we think our ego makes these distinctions and, and puts up these walls as to why we can't embrace this way of life. But that's that's all it is. It's a wall and you have to tear it down because it's not real. It's not true. And I think there's just so much freedom in doing that and in recognizing that, you know, I can do this too, right? Even if my life doesn't look like Jess's or like Gregorio's, I can do this too. I can find a way to embrace this and to let it work in my life as well. There's, It's just been a beautiful sort of thing that's happened and I'm I'm so grateful.
0: You have every freedom we have because the freedoms in your mind. The freedom is in your way of approaching life. It's not in the external things. And honestly, you may not really want to flow around the world like Gregorio does, right? So that wouldn't be your highest alignment. So it's not your personality. And like for me, I'm not flowing around the world without money like Gregorio is. That's not my highest alignment. Jacob Lieberman travels a lot, but he's more based in Hawaii. And so everyone's following the path that's right for them. What I love is you're showing that mindset is everything. And if you chose to change your life dramatically, you know you could do that if you wanted. Right now it's the choice not to. Yes, exactly. Because you have that freedom within yourself. So I love, and I thank you so much for sharing this. So now let's wrap up with the last two questions. One is, now you've just talked about a ton of internal doubts or resistance, but is there any currently going on in your life? Are you feeling pretty chill at the moment? I mean, I'm feeling chill at the
1: same time. You know, I, I don't want to give the impression that, you know, every every day is is a perfect alignment day and, and that there aren't, you know, struggles and that there aren't times when I fall back into those old sort of thought patterns um, that, that we talked about on the show. I think I think if anything, I, I continue to, to work through those issues. And, and as they come up, I'm getting better at working through them more quickly and getting back into alignment more quickly. But I think that that's something that will always sort of. Be the case. I mean, we're we're going to face some struggle on on the journey. Um, that's what makes it interesting. It's what makes it fun. What I can say is that I'm committed to working with those obstacles and with those thought patterns and and with those days that feel out of alignment and working with them and really trying to reconnect with the mindset that I want to embody and with my inner being or inner guidance to get to a place of alignment. So so I think it's it's an ongoing work in progress.
0: And actually, I'm sure a lot of people are curious as a lawyer, what do you do to get into alignment before work and during work? So before work,
1: the first thing that I do typically when I wake up in the morning is I meditate. I try to do 20 minutes. Some days I don't have that much time. So I I try to just do as, you know, whatever I can right? five to 20 minutes, whatever allows. And then. I do some journaling, you know, I I find it helpful to, to just sort of get my thoughts on paper and work through any issues. My go to for getting back into alignment is typically the journaling, right? It's writing down my thoughts and noting the emotions that are connected to those thoughts, and then trying to reframe some of that so that I can get into a place of higher energy, higher emotion. I love that. Anything at work that helps? That's what it is, the journaling. You know, I might just take a break, Sometimes I just need to step away. I'll I'll often maybe listen to a podcast for 10 or 15 minutes. I I listen to yours, Jess, and a handful of others that just always sort of put me in a good mood. Sometimes just a song or two. I have a sort of playlist of songs that are sort of high energy that help. Sometimes it's just a quick walk outside to, to get some fresh air. So it just kind of depends on what I'm feeling in the moment, but I'd say the one I reach for the most often is just the journaling.
0: I love that. And so I'd love for you to tell two people, what you would say just starting out in this journey. One is you with the headaches at the law firm, and the other is you (laughs) one week into your integrative nutrition course.
1: (laughs) Okay, so to the girl with the headaches at the law firm, I would say ask for help. I think there's a lot to be said for a support system of people who care about you and who are invested in in helping you work through the issues and and in helping you sort of get to the other side. I know that without, you know, some close friends and and family that it would have been much, much more difficult to make that change because there was a lot of fear around leaving the job and, and doing something different. So I, so I think, you know, there was that continued encouragement again from, from friends and family, like this isn't, you know, something's deeply wrong here. You need to feel better. You need to take some space and time to figure out what you want to do. So, so I'd say ask for help. Don't feel like you need to go it alone. Don't feel like, you know, this is all on you. Just use your support systems to help you push through the obstacles and figure out sort of, you know, workshop the issues and figure out what's next on the path and to ask hard questions and, and trust the answers that you receive. So really try to, to ask that question of, is this feeling forced? Is this making me unhappy and and try to listen for the answers, the, the answers that are coming from from the intuition, from your inner being, and and really trust in that guidance and trust that it's leading you to where you're supposed to be.
0: I love that. Kristen, thank you so much for aligning with this moment and sharing everything you've shared. I think this is one of my favorite episodes of season four, and I'm so appreciative that you've been able to share your journey with us and show everything that's unfolded for you. Thank you so, so much.
1: Oh, thank you, Jess. It was a pleasure.
0: And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you want to send Kristen a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Kristen Judkins. So it's K-R-I-S-T-Y-N Judkins. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess, C as in Career Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Kristen Judkins. Before I share where I'm headed to next, I'd like to share about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. You guys know it. I love my bookkeeping software. I can't even believe that this is a sponsor I have on the show that I get to rave about and that I would ever be raving about bookkeeping. But that is the case all because of FreshBooks. I love using it, It is perfect software for creatives that have small businesses that need to do invoicing, need to track their expenses and just do the bookkeeping, but they wanna do it in a way that feels fun, it feels like their brand and it feels aligned with the other things they like to do on the internet. So this website is not like logging into your bank account. This is not like looking at the boring processing software that I used to use, for example, before I found FreshBooks. It's fun, it's light, it's easy, it's simple, it works. It's just incredible. I'd love for you guys to try this out, if you haven't already, by going over for a free 30-day trial. So give this a shot for a month and see if you like it, and then start paying if you like it, over at freshbooks.com slash lively. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash lively. I hope you check this out and love it as much as I do. Because truly, I can't even believe that I get to say I've loved bookkeeping since 2012, ever since I found this service. And of course, if you want to watch Kevin Probably Saves the World, that show that's kind of like if The Lively Show did a you know, kind of a light drama on television. They have new episodes airing on Tuesdays at 10, 9 Central on ABC. So go check that out. Someone even mentioned that's in the States and watched a recent episode that they had the song Hold On by Rivers, which is one of my very favorite songs. If you listen back to older episodes of the show, you, you know I've mentioned that. And she said it was pretty sparkly alignment to see that song was actually on the show. So, so incredible. And of course, where I'm headed to next, I'm staying in Sydney. And for all the Sydney people, yes, there is a meetup happening. It's going to be next Wednesday at the Dolphin, which is in Surrey Hills on October 25th, which is Wednesday night from seven to nine. If you are around, I would love to say hi to you, grab a drink with you, give you a hug and just hang out. So hopefully you can make it if you're in Sydney. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.